This is the Anatomy of a Scream Pod Squad Network. Welcome back to Hey You, a You on Netflix podcast. I'm Joe Lipset, and I'm joined as always by Sheree Bohannon. Hey, Joe, hey. (laughs) (laughs) That's never going to get old, and I love it every time. All right. (laughs) (laughs) So, Sheree, we are switching things up. Today is the drop date for You, Season 4, Part 1, Asterix, yeah. And uh, so we're going to go episode by episode, day by day. So we're starting with season four, episode one, Joe Takes a Holiday. I'm so curious. What did you think of this episode, which is basically a soft reboot? Exactly. It it was the reboot we've needed for a moment because we were mm-hmm. getting stuck in a rut. And I, I love that we were like, new place, new space, but still the same characters, which I have a note about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it just, it felt like freeing and it felt like, ooh, I'm excited again. Instead of, I'm here because I don't know how to quit you. Like, <laughs> Yes. <laughs> quit you in so many different senses of the term. <laughs> Yeah, so season four, episode one, debuts with Joe not in Paris, as we saw him at the end of season three. He is now living in London. He is teaching a college course as a literary professor, to which I say, I have credential questions. Same. (laughs) He has a not good relationship with a colleague named Malcolm, who is played by Stephen Hagen. He's like this annoying twerp of another faculty member, but he happens to live right across the street from Joe. He is married to Kate, who is played by Charlotte Ritchie from the UK's version of Ghosts. Oh. Yeah, it's fun. I was like, how do I know her? Oh, I have to look her up. And of course, Joe is already developing a fixation on this woman because he can spy on her. (laughs) Oh, boy. I'm never surprised at what Joe does, even Mm -hmm. though he always is. Um, Literally, one of my notes is, I love how Joe found the basic, basically the same setup and the same people Mm -hmm. that he's seen in everywhere else he's been with us. Yeah. And he won't unpack that. He won't unpack why he's drawn to these people with this access and this money. He's instead Mm -hmm. like, why is the universe doing this to me again? I'm like, bitch, you are your universe. (laughs) Like, Joe, you're doing this to yourself, you big dum-dum. Right? It's big Virgo energy. It's like, you are you are doing this to you. You know this, right? Oh, boy. Yeah. So basically what ends up happening is we're, we're getting recaps about Marianne and how he ended up in London instead of Paris. We'll unpack that in a moment. But the crux of this episode is introducing Joe's new life via Malcolm and Kate. So he ends up getting almost like usurped into their lives after he saves Kate from a mugging. And then he gets invited to this super bougie club where we are literally introduced to a half dozen new characters in the space of about two minutes. Yes. And these people, it is wild. (laughs) It was too much. And I know that he was like breaking it down on his like little like stalker search. Um, Mm -hmm. But I'm like, I'm going to need to revisit this episode at least four more times to collect names aside from like blessing because 
Um, something that I realized today when Blessing was on the screen mm-hmm. is that the only women who have had sex with Joe and lived are black women. Oh, hey. Okay. Right? And so I'm not so worried for her if she sleeps with him. <laughs> but that's the condition. <laughs> it is. Which, I mean, there are worse fates. But, like, <laughs> I I noticed that. Because, again, we have, like, Marion. We have mm-hmm. Sherry. Because they had a quick moment before right. everything went sideways. Um, and we have Karen Minty, who was definitely cast as a black woman in this series. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's intentional or if that's accidental. But I'm here for this. And I'm leaning forward for it. That is interesting. I never noticed that, which is kind of amusing because there are so few people of color on the show that you would think it would stand out more. Yeah, especially because I think that those are actually the only black women who've had lines. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. And so I'm just like, that's interesting. And I don't know if that was like the writer's room or if that was Netflix or who have you. But whoever it is, kudos. Thank you. Living for Hmm. it. Okay, yeah, let's keep an eye on that. But since you mentioned Blessing, why don't we run down these characters and you can kind of give me your thoughts on each of them. So you mentioned Blessing. Let's start with her. She's played by Ozoma Wenyu, and she is a tech influencer, which basically means that she does pyramid schemes with NFTs. And I love that for her because you know what? (laughs) (laughs) If people will give you their money (laughs) for a scheme, why not? Like... That's playing the system. And so she she fits into this world that Joe keeps finding himself into, and I'm not mad about mm-hmm. it. Yeah, it's interesting because she's introduced as a Nigerian princess. And I was like, and we're suggesting that she does pyramid schemes? Because that very much reminds me of those emails where it's like, hello, sir, you are the person that is my prince. Please pay for my visa. I have many rubles. Invest right? them. And you're like, wait, what? None of these sentences make sense. <laughs> That's what I was getting <laughs> um, from the description from her friends, of course, or frenemies, because these people are never really friends. Oh, boy, did these people all hate each other. Yeah. Again, Joe has a type of a friend group that he wants to be in. Gee, <laughs> mm-hmm. Joe, you seem to be attracted to toxic people. What does this say about you? Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so in addition to Blessing, we also have Kate best friend who is lady phoebe played by tilly keeper and she appears to be the only nice one of the group i again like (laughs) i think it's weird that the person who's probably going to be like (laughs) the most the most vacant Mm -hmm. is the one that we're like supposed to have the most empathy with because that's also was joe's original type right it it was why him and Beck were gonna work out before she found the teeth in his like <laughs> bathroom, and mm. it's why when Love was like, "No, I have deeper surfaces," he was like, "Oh no." Well, I'm interested because in a way, Lady Phoebe seems to be you're right more of his type, right? She's more of a Beck mixed with a bit of Love, mm-hmm. and yet clearly the one that he's going to obsess over is Kate, who is cynical, sardonic. You know, she's actually more of a kind of conventional interesting character than somebody who's a bit light and flaky which is usually who joe goes for and i kind of wonder if part of the reason he's gonna go after kate is because i feel like this season is actually experimenting with the fact that joe has gotten older he's no longer Mm -hmm. in his late 20s like even the music cues because i'm a music bitch and so i'm like is this oxford comma from vampire weekend is this cardi b i like it is this Mm -hmm. yeah 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 his heads will roll is joe listening (laughs) to alternative music from the time that he would have been in school what (laughs) (laughs) well and don't forget sheree he's now got a beard 
right? So he's definitely in his 30s now and he's feeling it. And I'm just like, <laughs> of course you want someone more stable that you might not have to kill so soon. <laughs> oh my God, yeah. I mean, the the fun game we're going to play this series is how many of these people is he going to murder and in which order? And will there be any surprises? I'm intrigued. I don't really know. But um, let's yes. move on down the line. So we've got siblings simon and sophie played by aiden chang and nichi lin respectively simon is an artist who is very standoffish and says he doesn't need friends until one is dead so don't worry (laughs) folks we'll have a body before the end of the episode (laughs) and then sophie is an influencer but she previously was studying to become a lawyer and only left it when she realized that she could make huge amounts of money off of sponsorship deals I'm definitely team Sophie out of the Me twins. too. Thank you. <laughs> because how often do we do all this work and it's just like, we could have done less and gotten further, you say? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so she's a shrewd business lady. Yeah, I mean, I like the fact that Joe says, oh, she's so greedy, I almost have to respect it. I also think that just right off the bat, she's kind of the most interesting of this group because she seems to see through Joe's facade, but she also is maybe attracted to him. Like, I'm I'm really interested in this character. Yes, I picked up on all the same things. And I'm happy you brought up that he was like, I'm kind of impressed by her. Mm -hmm. Because deep down, our friend Joe is definitely a little bit of an incel. And he thinks that he can't have all of his women and all these women are into him, even though they are, because he's like Pin Badgley. Um, Mm. (laughs) (laughs) It's always like he's always scoping out the next person just in case this one is going to go badly sooner rather than later. (laughs) Right. He's always got his plan B lady in the wings. Right. Which we've seen people who move that way. Oh, sure. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So there are other people like Roll and Gemma, but they are introduced so quickly and have no personality. I have a feeling that this is the show just putting a placeholder on them and we will come back and kind of flush them out as the season progresses. Or they're just going to be like a tertiary character like Sherry's friends were last season. Yeah, like, he does leave a couple of the, like, supporting, supporting characters alive when he leaves Mm -hmm. these places, and good for them. Yeah, Uh, so we'll see. These people might come to the center, or they may stay on the margins. We'll unpack it as the season goes. But for now, I'm kind of like, you're there. The show has not told us why we should care about you yet. Right? I always want to know, because they always start things, and we don't always come back to them. Mm -hmm. Like... Just to like sidestep for a second, this was the second season in a row we've mentioned Ellie, and I'm what like, will we see her this season, or are we just gonna keep mentioning her so we know that she's still out there somewhere? Right. I mean, here's the thing: I don't think we're ever gonna see her again because Jenna Ortega is way too much of a get. Right. Right. And to recast her, that would be mm. awkward to the new actor because how do you follow Jenna Ortega's footsteps? Yeah. Actually, you know what? I could see them trying to do a recast because Jenna Ortega was quite a bit younger when she was doing this role. But I don't disagree with you that it's like, uh, everybody remembers that Jenna Ortega was in that character. (laughs) Right. It would be so bad for that new person. Because, like, no matter what she did, it would just be like, remember when Jenna Ortega was here? (laughs) Right. Yeah. I feel like they'd have to have a really good reason to bring her back. I think this is just continuity. They want to acknowledge, yes, we have had this other character. Like, I'll be interested to see if we ever see Henry again. Same. I mean, to be honest, I'm okay with neither of those characters returning. Again, because, like, the kids he tries to save, he ends up doing more damage to than good. Of course, yes. And so just let them be free. <laughs> just let them go, Joe. Let them go. <laughs> Listen. 
So the final significant character of note, and actually is probably more important than all of these other people, like Kate is clearly the important person because she's the obsession. And then there's Rise, who is uh, an aspiring politician, and he just published a memoir about how he basically came from the same kind of background as Joe, only from a UK context. And he's played by Ed Spielers from, I know I'm from like Outlander and a couple of other well-known UK series. Mm -hmm. I think that this character is interesting because he and Joe seem to have a kind of confidant relationship. But to me, that also means that he's either going to be Joe's primary adversary or he's going to be the killer. 100% because they're too similar (laughs) they're too similar (laughs) (laughs) like oh are you just the UK version with blonde hair exactly because it would have been cool for Joe to have a buddy because he doesn't really get those Mm -hmm. especially not men especially men and that's something else he should unpack if he were ever to go to therapy for real Um, (laughs) (laughs) why do you have difficulty connecting with other men and don't just blame it on your foster care experiences flashback flashback (laughs) So many flashbacks. I'm so happy that all the flashbacks this episode were from previous seasons, because had we seen him as a child off the top, I would have been so upset. Mm, Yeah, I don't need those anymore. They were done to death in seasons two and three. Mm -hmm. We do get their new to us flashbacks, because of course, we have to touch base on what the hell happened with Marianne. So what do you think of this development, Sheree? I love that she gets away um, and he lets her go, which I know Mm -hmm. is going to come back to like haunt her because it's Joe. Sure. (laughs) But again, that's when when I rewatched this episode this morning, I was like, she gets to live. This is Mm -hmm. the third black lady. And so I don't know if that's something subconscious for Joe we're going to unpack later Mm -hmm. or if she's going to come back to like try and like really end him because... If you have a stalker out there and they followed you to a different continent and then found you, um, Mm. you're not safe. And so... Yeah, I absolutely love that her complete reaction to his appearance in the market and then when he cornered her was fear like she clearly took what love said to her to heart and she is terrified like I cannot imagine moving to another continent and then this person showing up with a beard and a baseball hat being like what are you doing I love you right right I'm just like she is definitely being traumatized in her safe haven of Europe and I hate that Mm -hmm. for her. (laughs) <laughs> I was really I was so nervous because like when she ran up the stairs I'm like we don't do stairs we know we don't do stairs oh my <laughs> gosh Marianne watch a horror movie girl listen lady <laughs> um, and then she pulled the knife which she was clearly never gonna use I was like no. oh no don't open this this way <laughs> and again when like Elliot who shows up to like sort of blackmail Joe into this new life um, he's like you need to kill her she's a loose end and I was like well don't give mm-hmm. Joe a reason <laughs> so I was I was very happy with the way it shook out, even though I don't know if sitting Elliot her a picture of her locket would be Mm-mm. enough proof. No. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's interesting because I thought we were done with the Quins. So to see this hired muscle that I mean, I honestly can barely even remember what Love and Forty's father looks like because we didn't see him at all last season. Mm -hmm. So it's been a full season and a bit since we last saw this character. But yeah, this heavy shows up and he's basically like, Joe, I'm going to kill you, but also I'm tired of the life. Whatever. And he decides to let him go, but he has to close this loose and by getting rid of Marianne. And Joe, of course, cannot because he still loves her. It's interesting i could see them bringing 
both of these characters, Marianne and Elliot, back later on just to cause some additional drama. But part of me is kind of like, this is good. Let's leave those characters and move forward with this contemporary storyline. Same, especially because we had an Elliot figure in book three. Yeah, so it's book three. Okay. <laughs> like, not to this extent of, like, here's a new life, Joe, but just sort of, a, I know what you did. I'm going right. to keep taking your money until you, like, do what I want you to do. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and so, like, we've, we've seen this in one version of this story before, and so we don't need to, like, give it too much time. Right. Yeah, this felt like a good send-off, and I'm happy to wrap that up, and we can move forward. It was a very lovely way of explaining how Joe got a new identity because, again, yes. <laughs> things things conveniently happen for him and to him. He doesn't really do them. Like, even the murder of this episode, which I wanted it to be him, and he was like, mm-hmm. I probably did it. And they were like, no, he's a good guy. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, so this is the crux of where we're headed next. So there is a murder. Malcolm ends up dead on Joe's kitchen table And it's made very clear that this was not Joe in an absent haze killing this man. It was somebody else who is planting the body to frame him because he is an outsider among the group. So the killer is part of this group. We don't know who, but they are sending him text messages. But yeah, the central mystery moving forward is who is trying to frame Joe. Yeah. And I mean, I'm here for this mystery, obviously, but I also just really want him to like kill someone and just own Mm -hmm. it yeah i mean i feel like this has been our common complaint across all of the seasons so far i don't know if we're going to be satisfied with what they do but i i am hoping that he actually does a few at least one deliberate murder this season to either cover his tracks or just for whatever reason like vengeance something i don't want another series of accidental deaths yeah because it, it's getting old and i i also don't want him to be like i can rationalize this kill for you um mm. i need him to just be like this is who i am <laughs> this is fundamentally who i am um this is what i do and i'm gonna own my shit and just do it and have fun doing it mm-hmm. because he found this sawmill so quickly and he- <laughs> <laughs> again it's almost like he had it scoped out <laughs> right because again joe is always noting things <laughs> before when he's gonna do it later because i think deep down he knows he's gonna do it i think deep down he's like there will be bodies mm-hmm. and and so like he definitely was not just like by happenstance um <laughs> i know a car i can borrow and mm-hmm. there happens to be a sawmill down the road over there oh my god and even the places to dump the body parts i was like you thought this out meticulously Yeah, he's been ready for this just as a backup plan, I guess. I mean, we saw this in season three, too, right? Where when we had to get rid of bodies, Joe already knew like, oh, they were laying some wet cement the next day. So I guess if in a pinch, I can use that. Right? That's one of the reasons why I I love this Joe, because like, (laughs) whether or not he'll admit it, he knows he's going to lead to some people's ruins. Mm-hmm. And he knows he's going to some evidence. And he, he he has the plans, even though like life doesn't always let him do what he's going to do. Because somebody always bails him out or saves him. In this mm-hmm. case, we get Elliot up top being like, here's a new life. You're welcome. Oh my God. Um- <laughs> <laughs> sure. I mean, I guess it's more interested than watching him try to learn how to make a fake ID or something like that. But yeah, <laughs> so many times people are just bailing out this not good man. Right? And that's part of the reason I liked what he did in season two, because he had to, like, take somebody's identity himself. 
mm-hmm. which where is that kid? Where is Will? Why couldn't Will make him a new ID? Oh, yeah. I mean, what is Robin Taylor Lord doing? We could bring that character back. That could be fun. Right? <laughs> if we're going to bring somebody back, bring back him because he knows what Joe does with the cage and he knows that Joe has blood on his hands. Right. And he's not mad at him. And so I think that could be an interesting sidekick or duo. Yeah. Interesting. I feel like you and I very clearly have a direction we would like the show to go in. And I think we're just going to have to pull ourselves back from the brink when the show in, uh, <laughs> naturally does not give us what we want. Right? We're used to not getting what we want, but like still. <laughs> Every season we keep hoping. <laughs> just lighting my candle, put it in the window. <laughs> there we go. Uh, I do want to revisit this sawmill death, though, because I think I texted you to say, yes. holy cow, I don't know that we've seen this level of gore on the show, maybe ever? Ever. Which, again, I think that this is definitely them embracing the idea of a reboot, because mm-hmm. like we're getting gore, we're getting peen, we're getting new music, like <laughs> we're getting- dick. Malcolm's right? dick, just- out flopping about listen i was like yes netflix remember your netflix because i again uh-huh. <laughs> i was it the last episode or the episode before where i was like i think netflix forgets that it's not basic cable right? <laughs> and they were like we heard you ding <laughs> <laughs> we heard you peen <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean overall I was a little concerned that we're doing another, oop, Joe had a blackout, woke up, there's a body, he thinks maybe he did it. I was happy that by the end of the episode, we confirmed that that is not the case and that we're actually dealing with a murder mystery. So happy with that, happy with the gore, happy with the peen, uh, happy that Kate seems different than the other women he's become obsessed with. So all in all i'm in favor of this soft reboot i'm kind of excited to see where this is all gonna go same i i'm living (laughs) um i also love the fact that we have this person who has killed more body more people than anybody uh Mm -hmm. who's gonna solve a murder mystery now (laughs) right (laughs) i'm just like this is just irony Okay, so final topic of conversation. Do you feel that the show has gained or lost anything in its move to London? Like, do you think the new location has added something to the show? I think the new location has gotten them as jazzed as we are. And we're, we're still doing what we do, but we're doing it in a different way. Because like, again, Malcolm is definitely 40, comes in with the nickname and the attitude and the access. Mm -hmm. Um, Also the habits. Um, And we're we're seeing these sort of stock characters Joe's always going to find himself with, but like also there is an electricity um, to the season that I've not felt since season one. Yeah. Yeah. It it does feel like they've kind of gotten their mojo back. I'm excited to see if it's going to carry forward because I remember that we both loved those first four episodes of season three and then the show lost track of itself. So I'm hopeful that this isn't one of those, ooh, new season, new exciting storylines, and then the show just falls back into the same patterns. But you're right. I do think that the show jumping to a new location has given it a certain zhuzh in its step. Yes. I also think it helps that they are clearly out of source material because... Oh, thank God. Yeah, like season three and book three are completely different situations. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
it was very few ingredients that made it into that transfer. And like the characters that let live um, from that one are no longer with us. And so like our only character we still have is Joe. Right. And technically Marianne is out there who is a version of MK that lived, which she did mm-hmm. in the book. But like, I think that's another part of why this is so spicy is because people are just now like, let's do this. And I don't right. know where book four will be when it comes out, but it can't do all of what's happening now because the people that it's killed along the way. <laughs> Yeah, oh boy. I'm such a glutton for punishment that I'm almost tempted to have us read the book and do a podcast on it just as like an addendum to this to compare and contrast. But you're right. I think that they're a little free from not having to relate back to the source material. They can finally tell their own Joe story. Yeah, because it kept getting further and further away and now it's completely its own beast. Mm -hmm. And I love that, especially as a writer. Like, I mean, source material is cool, especially when it's something you relate to. But after a while, you're like, these are the same roads we do every day. I need I need an adventure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I, again, I'm here for it. I, I don't know where it's going to go, but I am excited. And I, I've missed being excited. There we go. Yes. What What a delightful thing to be able to say as we embark on this new sort of era, right? I'm actually excited to see where we're going to go next. Same. And I'm excited to see if I can figure out who killed Malcolm. (laughs) Okay, so early prediction, if you had depended on one of these characters, who's your best bet? I wanted it to be Kate, but I don't think so. I think it's going to be our princess, whose name I just forgot. (laughs) Lady Phoebe, yes. (laughs) Thank you. I think Lady Phoebe I like more than Kate, because Mm -hmm. Lady Phoebe is Kate's bestie, supposedly. And we expect the least from her, because again, even I was like, she's going to be the vacant one that Joe should be into normally. And Mm. so what a fun surprise would be if she was like, you know what, we have a history and I killed him. Interesting. Okay, I could see it. I do feel like it's a bit of a long shot. I'm going to take the safer bet and say that it is Rise, the politician, or Reese, the politician. And I'm going to say that he's basically a UK version of Joe. And he's also maybe a prolific serial killer. I could see that because their conversation at the bar definitely could have had so many double and hidden meanings. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and so I like him for it too. Like in a perfect world, him and Kate wouldn't be so obvious. So I could be looking right. at both of them. Mm. I'm here for it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, tell you what, folks, we will have more to say when we come back literally tomorrow because we're doing this day by day, episode by episode. So uh, we'll be back in your pod feeds in like 24 hours to talk about episode 402. But until then, Sheree, how would people get a hold of you if they want to speculate about this premiere with you? Ooh, I am at Miss Sheree on Twitter. That's three S's in there. And I am ready to talk because this is a moment. This is an episode. Mm-hmm. It's a journey. And I want to talk about it with everybody who's watched <laughs> there we go hit us up with your thoughts we want to hear them i can be reached at b stole my remote and that's the letter b and thanks as always to the anatomy of a screen pod squad network for hosting the show you can also find both of us if you want to talk to both of us at once and you don't want to remember two handles that's your right you can find us at hey you underscore pod on a twitter because we're living there and it's a good time there we go so until we come back for 402 tomorrow, um, show peen at the sawmill? Always peen at the sawmill. <laughs>
Pod Squad.